0: There are a couple of TV shows currently popular, The Ancient Aliens and The Unexplained. And uh, they have some very interesting shows, and they talk about ancient civilizations. They talk about how ancient aliens from other places than Earth came here and interacted with man and uh, have changed and, in many cases, been the source of improvement for mankind and they're fond of asking the question could it be that these ancient aliens and these supposed gods from other places uh, have come uh, up down upon the earth and in many cases are still here i personally like these shows because they open our minds and our imaginations to what might have been years and years ago and what happened many years ago in fact they get quite excited about uh, civilizations uh, 12,000 years ago uh, that could have impact on our civilization well as we know from Seth this is the human time space illusion we also know that from Bob Monroe and others so we understand that outside of this earth as we experience it with our five senses there is no time, or there are variations of it, and ultimately there is no time when you get far enough away from it. Now, as informative as these shows are, there are two things that they don't quite understand. One is that outside of the earth as we perceive it, there is no time. The other is that we are all aliens. All of us are spirits who come from a, quote, plane or place that is not the earth. As discussed in previous episodes, we come in for various reasons, but all of us are indeed aliens who, as I've explained in previous episodes, we go on to experience all sorts of different realities, and this is one of them. Now, in that regard, to give you uh, another perspective, uh, I'm going to read what Seth said about this Uh, back in 1974 and I have touched on these ideas or some of them in the past but uh, from this particular perspective this material gives us new insights Uh, instead of starting out talking about uh, 10 or 12,000 years ago Seth instead said this from approximately 50 million to 30 million years ago there were innumerable species that would now seem to you to be mutated forms. The distinction between man-animal and animal-man was not as clear as it is in your time. In some ways, consciousness was more mobile, less centered and more experimental. That early rapport, that early mixture would later be remembered in myths of gods in animal form. That incidentally is something that these programs talk a lot about. Now, such a variety existed long before your paleontologists realized that it did. There were many tool-making animal species, some predating man's tool-making facility. Consciousness knows all of the probabilities of fulfillment open to it. Each species carries in its individual and mass psyche the blueprints of such probable actualities. Now, these blueprints are biologically valid, that is, they allow the cells precognitive knowledge upon which present behavior is based. This applies not only individually, so the, the cell knows its future pattern, for example, but in the same way, this is an important point, an entire species will unconsciously have the knowledge of its own, quote, ideal fulfillment in its overall world environment. That's an important thought. He continues, as specified ego consciousness grew, these inner patterns native to the psyche of any species turned into concepts, mental images, intuitive projections that were all meant to give conscious direction. The gods served then as stimulators of development. Seemingly outside of the self, they were meant to lead the self into its greatest area of fulfillment. The god images would change as consciousness did. The various God concepts that have fallen by the wayside, so to speak, represent areas of development that were not chosen in your terms, but they are still latent. The totem pole, for example, is a remnant from an era when there was much greater communication between man and the animals, when in fact men went to the animals to learn, and from them first acquired knowledge of herbs and corrective medicinal behavior these programs i've mentioned often talk about gods and myths and they ask the question how this might have impacted the development of mankind what seth is telling you here that the gods were a projection of mankind's consciousness as it grew and evolved became more aware and so its god concepts changed these gods these gods mentioned in the programs then instead of being visitors from some other planet, were actually projections of mankind's own consciousness. But that is not meant to deny that there could have been many, many visitors from various planes of existence focusing upon this earth at various times. Seth continues, Historically, it seems to you, mankind was born from an animal's undifferentiated kind of consciousness into egotistical self-awareness. Instead, many types of consciousness existed in the period of which I am speaking. The animals chose to develop their own kind of consciousness, as you choose your own. Animal awareness may seem undifferentiated to you, it is, however, highly specific, poised in the moment, but so completely that in your terms, past and future are largely meaningless. The specific concentration, however, results in an exquisite focus. Ego consciousness lost part of that focus and comparison. The totem poles date back to the time when men and animals understood each other, before that point of departure. Physical species that existed and flourished in those epics then became probable to you, for they did not develop in your system, but became extinct. Their living relics exist in the God concepts that embodied them. In one way or another, all mythology contains descriptions of other species existing on the earth in various forms. This includes stories of fairies and giants, for example. Mythology tells you about the archeology span of your race physically as well as psychically. <clears throat> there were then smaller and larger species of men with varying conscious connections with the rest of nature. The larger experiments involved the production of a species That would be a part of the earth and yet become aware co-creators of it. There were innumerable considerations, innumerable experiments with size, brain capacity, neurological structure, with a kind of consciousness flexible enough to change with its environment and also vigorous enough to explore and alter that environment. So there was a lot of uh, of experimentation going on by consciousness and indeed there were Part of the experiment uh, indicates that there were uh, those who took uh, the form of very small people. And also, as those programs talk about, uh, there were times when giants walked the earth. Seth continues, the emerging consciousness then had to have, latently at least, the capacity to become aware of world conditions. When man knew no more than a simple tribal life, his brain already had the capacity to learn anything that it must, for one day it would be responsible for the life of a planet. And such leeway left room for many probabilities and for many errors. But the developing consciousness had to be free to make its own judgments. It would not be programmed any more than necessary by, quote, instinct. It was, however biologically locked into earthly existence, and so meant to understand its natural heritage. It could not separate itself too much then or become overly arrogant. Its survival was so linked to the rest of nature that it would, of necessity, always have to return to that base. It responds to an inborn impetus for its own greatest fulfillment and will automatically change directions in answer to its experience Experiments and its experiences. There are great sweeping changes in religious concepts abroad in your times, and these, these represent man's innate knowledge. His consciousness, his psyche, that's the big self of who we really are, is projecting greater images of his own probable fulfillment, and these are seen in his changing concepts of God. Now Seth's concluding remarks there touch on a concept that we've talked about before. Many of our religions are fine and they suit our purposes for their time. And up until now, Christianity, for example, a good religion has helped people adopt good values and and live good lives of principle. But it is still based on the notion of man as a helpless sinner who must be saved by God. But if we're ever to realize our true potential as conscious co-creators of what we experience, as the most potent (coughs) consciousness unit in any universe, as Seth noted when talking about who we really are, our big self, our psyche, if we're ever going to advance within our time framework, if we're ever going to advance to the point where we begin to understand that, we have to expand on the Christianity concept of God and understand the definitions of God that we've discussed in previous episodes. That God is all that is. That God is a simultaneous infinite explosion of all that is. Uh, that God is a primary energy gestalt who gave us all the freedom to explore and create as we chose. I discussed that in more detail in the episode where we talked about the primal dilemma. Consistent with our development as conscious co-creators will also be a greater awareness of the infinite number of realities that exist all around us, not only in space, but in different frequencies, in different non-material forms. Forms that don't take up space. So it helps us to understand that 30 to 50 million years of our years ago, consciousness was experimenting and expanding and developing. And as conscious co-creators of what we experience, we're still doing that. And we'll do it within the framework of our time-space illusion until we've learned all that we can. And then we will proceed to whatever reality we choose to experience, quote, next, realizing that next is a relative term depending upon how much time will influence our experience in those other realities. That concludes our discussion for today, and once again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you Lessons from the Helpful Dead.